Hello, folks, and welcome to Wait 5 Minutes, the Floridian podcast. I'm Nick D'Alessandro. Mark Twain once said, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. He said it originally, speaking about New England. Over time, however, it has become an old adage for many states, but most importantly about the fickle nature of Florida's weather. If you're in Orlando, my hometown, and you're going east on I-4, it could be raining on your side of the road and be completely clear going westbound. That's just how it is. Florida's social and political landscape is much the same. Things are always changing around here because of how unique our state is. We have so many different cultures, ecosystems, and styles spread across our peninsula, and our social and political climate reflects that. The stories to be told about this state have a wide range. From environmental troubles, to bizarre cultural traditions, to problematic political conflicts, to a revised and false history, to an economy tied up in our need for visitors. Those things are hard to unpack and are often wrapped in several layers that are difficult to understand. This is true of all social and political issues, and more often than not, that can leave us feeling very bogged down. This podcast is about thinking locally, helping the things that we can help, and influencing our community so that maybe we can create a better world for ourselves and the people around us. All that to say that I am not a journalist, nor a scientist, nor a politician. I am a storyteller, and a curious Floridian, and someone who deeply loves the place I call home. I'll be compiling information for you about our economy, our culture, our history, our environment. Sometimes I'll speak with members of Florida communities. Sometimes I'll do so much research and give all that information to you. I'm just the guy with the questions and the basic audio editing skills to bring you this 20-minute capsule of information every Friday right here. All right then, let's get started. On June 19th, Orange County commissioners approved of a plan for a group called All Aboard Florida to build through 106 acres of protected wetlands. The movement that was passed to allow them to build on said wetlands is called a Conservation Area Impact Permit. This allows them to build on wetlands between the St. Johns River and the Orlando International Airport. Michael Segelis, the Vice President of Rail Infrastructure for the project, says the path is not the most direct route, but is the path of least disruption. According to All Aboard Florida, this is the most conservation-friendly option of the ones presented. Other plans cut through what they're calling virgin territory, and this plan, instead, runs along the toll road bed of State Road 528. While it is still protected wetlands, these are wetlands that are already disturbed, essentially. The high-speed rail is called Brightline, which currently connects West Palm Beach to Miami. A proposed expansion would connect West Palm Beach via a northern expansion to Cocoa Beach and then west to Orlando International Airport, which is currently building an intermodal transport facility. According to Orlando Sentinel, this station costs $221 million to build. The newspaper questioned Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer about when this station will actually accommodate trade transportation, and he responded, quote, I'm not going to hazard a guess. Orlando natives are familiar already with the ever-changing problems of our own commuter rail, SunRail, which officially opened in May of 2014 and currently covers 32 miles with 12 stations. SunRail is one of the other rails besides Brightline that is planned to connect to the new airport train station, but even that, according to the Sentinel, is going to cost double than originally anticipated due to the need to reroute the railroads toward the station. Florida, before the trains, was an untamed wilderness. The Swamp, a nonfiction book by Michael Grunwald about the Everglades, details many of the problems faced by the explorers in those early days. Grunwald notes some entries from General Alexander Webb, in which he says the following about Florida's harsh ecosystem, quote, Mosquitoes worse than ever, they make my life a burden, unquote. The following day, in his diary, he adds, quote, I am perfectly exhausted by the heat and eaten up by the mosquitoes. They are perfectly intolerable, unquote. Western civilization came, as with all things in America's expansion, with the railroad. 
It was about 30 years after General Webb in Florida when Henry Plant, the famed transportation investor, expanded the rails towards Tampa and the West Coast. In 1912, Henry Flagler, a forefather of Floridian industry, used the minor railways across the state and built what came to be known as the Florida East Coast Railway. It is on that same railroad built by Flagler that Brightline began its first phase with passengers connecting West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami earlier this year. The communities north of that first phase are expressing dissent to this project despite the positive impacts that All Aboard Florida claims will improve these communities. Florida East Coast Industries is the parent company of All Aboard Florida. Their website states the positive impacts of this project, which include the creation of nearly 10,000 new jobs, the removal of 3 million cars from the road, and a revitalization of small businesses around the train's downtown stations. I spoke with Brent Hanlon, the chairman of the steering committee for a Treasure Coast-based group called Citizens Against Rail Expansion, or CARE. CARE teamed with Martin and Indian River counties to sue the federal government. According to the Treasure Coast Palm, a newspaper based in the area, the lawsuit, quote, names the U.S. Department of Transportation and Secretary Elaine Chow, claiming the U.S. Department of Transportation failed to take a hard look at environmental impacts of all aboard Florida, instead acting as, quote-unquote, cheerleaders for the project, unquote. The lawsuit also claims that the government is in violation of the National Environmental Policy Act and that the DOT's approval of private bonds was not approved by Martin, St. Lucie, and Indian River counties, which they are claiming is also a violation. I asked Mr. Hanlon about whether or not the train project should have been put up to public vote. He suggests instead that there should have been more conversations with the public about the project before approval was given. Two things I do believe this should have happened. One, they should not have begun operating without positive train control and all of the safety measures in place. That's one thing I do believe should have happened. I also believe they should have done a better job at, communica at communicating and educating the public. They've done a very poor job of that all along. Um, you know, it was, we here in, in the Treasure Coast, we didn't learn of this project until I think it was 2013, 14. Uh, but we also uh, understood at some point According to an article by the Treasure Coast Palm, there have been eight deaths this year due to Brightline trains. This article also states that there have been at least 76 deaths by Brightline passenger trains and Florida East Coast Railway freight trains on the Florida East Coast tracks since 2015. The causes of death range from suicide to accidental trespassing incidents. I asked Mr. Hanlon about the proposed benefits by Florida East Coast Industries and whether or not the claims about reduced transportation and creation of jobs were legitimate. Well, let me begin by telling you that FEC, Florida East Coast Railroad, and AAF have always promised far-reaching results. The reality is it's, it's truly a different story here. And with Phase 1 now fully operational from West Palm Beach to Miami, we have seen the truth. Ridership numbers are not impressive. Not by any means, uh, which careful and warned all along. In regards to the claim that there will be 10,000 new jobs created, Mr. Hanlon said the following. Well, they need, they need uh, thankfully, if there's any at all positive come out of uh, this project, our jobs. Um, 
I mean, we know how valuable jobs are to our, our area, our region, yes. But I don't believe, uh, you know, going back to my earlier comment, uh, that the number of jobs is actually factual. Uh, I forget what the number of jobs they proposed or they were reporting, you know, a year or two ago. But I can, I, I can assure you, if you look at those numbers, uh, the jobs they they were reporting is going to bring to, I don't, I don't mean just short-term jobs, I mean, you know, long-term jobs, I can assure you that number is not quite factual of what they were reporting early on. Mr. Hanlon directed me toward an article by the Palm Beach Post from April of this year entitled, Brightline Trains Look Empty? PB Post Counts How Many Were On Board by Mahima Singh. This article includes research done by the Post staff and showed low ridership for weekdays but high ridership on weekends, though rarely reaching capacity. This article is filled with fascinating information about ridership and also includes the Brightline is saying that it's simply too early to get a proper statistic without the entire corridor complete. Beyond the economic impact to consider, there is the obvious concern about the environmental impact from the project. Beyond the construction of wetlands, Mr. Hanlon warns of more severe consequences. The environmental impact of this approved construction uh, it speaks for itself. You know, our, our treasured and protected wetlands will be destroyed to make way for this high-speed uh, rail, if you will. Uh, but when you destroy these weapons, you're also displacing and potentially harming all the wildlife that calls that area home. In those wetlands, as we all know, there is a full habitat of, of wildlife, and now we're going to be destroying uh, their homes. Uh, not to mention the impact of the pollution, the noise, and otherwise, from the actual construction of the tracks. So if you can imagine, you're going to this protected wetland area, and you're drilling these massive holes, boring holes, and you're laying all this rock material uh, on top of all the wetlands, along with this heavy construction equipment, you can just imagine what it's going to do to that protected area. If Brightline's construction is an issue a Florida voter feels strongly about, Mr. Hanlon recommends getting involved. that CARE will be releasing their report card on the Florida candidates based on their opinion on rail expansion. This report card will be coming out on Monday, July 30th. As for Brightline, the trains still run in their original tracks in South Florida amid constant criticism. The construction towards Orlando is said to be complete by 2021. And, finally, the Florida Department of Transportation recently received a proposal from Brightline 
This proposal would expand the train's reach further and connect Orlando to Tampa along the I-4 corridor in much the same way that Plant and Flagler traced their paths through Florida nearly 200 years ago. Wait five minutes. Things don't change that much. Alright, this next bit is a bit of a public service announcement. Monday, July 30th is the final day to register to vote in the Florida primaries. The primary election itself is on August 28th, but you will not be eligible to vote in them if you don't register by July 30th. Because Florida has closed primaries, you have to register as a Democrat or Republican to be able to vote in the primaries. You can register to vote online at registertovoteflorida.gov. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing to Wait 5 Minutes or consider leaving a review on iTunes. It would mean a lot. If you have a question for me or have a topic about Florida you want to learn more about on our show, you can email me at wait5minutespodcast at gmail.com. That's wait5minutespodcast at gmail.com. Five is spelt, not the number. I look forward to hearing from you. Our theme song is Good Thoughts by Lobo Loco. All the websites and articles used in the research can be found in the episode description below. Next week, we will be discussing the Trust Act and what that means for the city of Orlando, the state of Florida, and the United States at large. Until then, be good to each other, be good to yourselves, and drink more water.